0: I'm Annie Fox, and I'm Laurel Pinson, and this is Workwives: conversations at your desk with the woman who knows you best.
1: Hey, Workwives! We had an episode ready to go, an episode that we're super proud of. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for you to hear, mm-hmm. but given the events of last night mm-hmm. and how... Um, we are feeling today, and to be honest, the conversation that um, you and I, Laura, that have been having all li- all night last night, and all day today, as workwives and as co-workers and as friends, has been about the election. Mm-hmm. And it felt right for us to have that conversation on air and a really open, honest, kind of form one. I mean, we don't really have a plan for this, but this felt like the most sincere, authentic thing to do on this day.
0: And we know it's coming to you guys a bit late. Um, But hopefully you'll appreciate it as well. And I'm actually excited to be joined by some other folks here with us who I think are going to have really good uh, elements to add to the conversation. One, of course, is Kateri Benjamin, our associate producer. Um, And the other one is Katie Drell, who has actually been helming our election coverage for the 51 million on Glamour.com up until today, which is sort of the culmination of so much, so much. <laughs> um, so, thanks so much to yeah, you guys thanks, for guys. joining us first and foremost. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, yes, thank you. For the most part, apart from Katiri, but um, the Glamour.com digital team had a conference room all set up here at uh, One World Trade, and we were up uh, until the very wee hours of last night covering this. And so, it was a really interesting just cultural event to participate in with a big group of women and a big group of, well, women and men who are all sort of on the same mission, watching a storyline that we really thought we, we really thought was going to go one way mm-hmm. and to sort of watch it slowly drift sideways um, and to just start questioning everything, really. Katie, I actually wanted to ask you sort of first, you, know, you were at the Javits Center mm-hmm. um, with the Clinton camp. What was
2: that experience like? Well, you know, it was very intense because these returns started coming in and they just did not match at all. Any of the expectations on either side, we get there and the mood was just instantly incredibly hectic and incredibly sobering and tense. It made... Everyone there, I think, um, if they really were, are are honest with themselves, I think it made them question a lot about what they knew about politics and what they knew about their own country.
1: Kateri, where were, you, where were you last night and who were you with? So I was actually at
3: the office really late last night. We're preparing for our big Women of the Year event on Monday, right. um, and so I was kind of staying late, doing some work for that, and for some reason I I just couldn't really be around other people. I could see it was going south and... You know, I felt like the best thing for me would be to just go home and be by myself. And so I, you know, I got some takeout, I went home, I had my laptop, you know, I was continuing to do work to like distract myself. You know, eventually I did go to bed, but I I didn't really sleep. I kept waking up every hour to check my phone. And then I remember waking up and I like Googled, you know, election 2016. And I saw on Google, it was like Donald Trump elected president. And I saw those words at five AM and I was like, is this From Google
1: too. There's from just something Google. about that. It's very factual. It's, it's, very, yeah, it's very it's very factual and it it's has no all the data. filter.
3: I don't know. I've kind of just been in shock since then.
1: And it's the next day. And I'm I'm curious to hear A, how do you feel like the next day? Knowing that this obviously this is a thing, and particularly after the concession speech, you know, this is real and it's happening, you know, we're beyond the disbelief part. And then what? Are we? <laughs> like,
2: <yeah. laughs>
1: like, are we though? <laughs> I mean, it's true that here at a brand like
0: Glamour, where the the prospect of a female president just had us so <sighs> wound up and elated, you know, that we'd really sort of gone very far down the road into the thing had basically happened. You know, so I think for yeah. a lot of us, we're pulling back. Yeah. That expectation and realizing that no, there is no first ever female – like this whole sort of moment that we had created, like I'd made a little diorama in my mind with all the little characters and where they would sit and how it would all go and what my next day would be like. And it just – all of that stuff evaporated. And when you work for a media brand or a digital brand, you really are mapping that stuff out. Like we had our whole coverage plan. And it was very hard sort of – having those posts prepped. The blog post announcing her victory is still in there. Oh, Um, I tried so hard when I wrote that
2: too. It was a very emotional write-up. But I think,
0: you know, I obviously, I woke up this morning and it was very sad still, you know, and a lot of today has been sort of the business of getting things done. I actually think only now, sort of towards later in the day, am I starting to sort of stop coasting on adrenaline and realize that I'm going to have to figure out how to process everything just on my own. But midway through the day, it occurred to me that there are a lot of
3: people and a lot of women in America who woke up feeling really good. There were definitely a lot. I mean just looking on our Instagram Glamour's Instagram you can see yeah. a lot of them were commenting they were very happy about Trump. Actually white women, they voted for Trump in hordes I Yeah. Mean, it yeah. was You know,
0: it was and, and that to me I think the two things that I thought of sort of immediately were number 1 how wrong I was, you know what I mean? Oh, Where yeah. you sort of are like, "Wow, I have been totally living in a bubble of my own creation, and you
2: don't that that was the thing that as the results were coming in, I was sitting alone in the press pit, and I just started thinking, as much as I really thought that I was somehow better than living in a media bubble, that I was somehow more attuned to what was really going on, that I recognize. That Even if I didn't feel it, I knew what other people saw in him. I was wrong. I was completely wrong, and I was extremely smug. Mm -hmm. And that occurred to me at about 3.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm.
3: I think I felt like all along, I work with the media, I talk to press, and so I was actually kind of working on press stories for our editors and stuff like that the day after to talk about Hillary's big win. And I kept cushioning it in every pitch. It was kind of like, you know, if we have this hopefully historic win, and every time I was like... I have to couch it this way, but we all know what the outcome know. will be. But you, even in some of the news outlets were like, we can't confirm until we know who wins. And I was like, well, this is fruitless. You know, we know already. And it was kind of funny to just be like, well, they were right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I think waking up this morning... What was really heartbreaking was kind of going through my Instagram when there's no new posts and the way the algorithm works it shows you it can show you stuff from like fifteen, twenty oh, yeah. hours ago, mm-hmm. yeah. and so basically what I was seeing was all of my female mothers with their daughters oh. and you know all of my women friends posting about how they voted and how historic it was and how they were excited. Like this was the news feed that I was getting on my Instagram. I had
0: oh. I had the same experience. It was really brutal. You, you you do long for a for the reverse cron to your sort of smugness or just feeling like I didn't I was I don't know if I want to say I was lying to myself because I wasn't but just feeling oh, like no. I was definitely part of this very broad New York centric media bubble. All of the media. Is talking about the same thing, right? So you realize we're sort of all getting quiet all at the same time. So much of the press that I'm reading about is devastated today. You know, we're all waking up like, what is America? No, no, no. But I thought, well, there's lots of Americans who are waking up and feeling fine. You know, like we have a difference of opinion in terms of how we feel about this. But what must it be like to wake up and actually feel like you want to celebrate? And the entirety of the mainstream media reporting on it is like, what just happened? America's dead. We're all moving to Canada. Like, what What does that feel like? And how How bizarre.
1: Realizing that women were more divided than we thought was tough. And, and acknowledging that a big part of our job as a media brand is respecting both sides and mm-hmm. wanting to make sure we provide a service that is that has integrity to both mm-hmm. was really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. But then also this... Realization that there are so many people here who now feel displaced in their own country. Mm-hmm. That they now don't feel like this place is for them in some small way, they don't feel like it's completely home anymore Mm -hmm. but
3: i wonder if that's what the other side was feeling the whole time right right exactly we're just kind of switching places with them maybe this whole time with obama they were feeling out of place and that's that's where all this anger is coming from and this upset is like obviously they've been feeling that way for years and you know we've been luckily and not feeling that but i mean
1: we're now we've switched a lot of us through minorities and have always felt that way and it's just wild that instead of just i'd like there has to be another option, right? Like, do we just hug it out? Like, there's got to be a way for us to feel it's such a human feeling that transcends race, color, ability, sexuality, just the just, just the wanting to belong. to belong and feel home in a place, not just in the country you're born in. I obviously wasn't born here, but I'm privileged enough to be able to visit and work here and lived here as a guest. And but I should be allowed to feel safe here too with you guys amongst the people I respect and love. I can't, like, mm-hmm. that's doubly true for the people that were born here and who've committed their lives to this place i need some coping mechanisms so i would love to hear from everybody of like like what the f- like what the fuck are we doing now like where to next what mm-hmm. are the things that you're going to do to feel re-energized about this country the people you share it with <clears throat> democracy well, i mean
2: tbd tbd fair, <laughs> fair. but something that I'm kind of trying to meditate on is this idea that all women wanted the same thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, like what equality really meant and how it manifested, especially in terms of you know what you want in your government. And uh, the majority of women voted for Hillary Clinton, but a lot of women didn't. What I'm starting to realize now is that I was probably not listening to them long before this election. there's something that they needed that they weren't getting, and we weren't listening to them. And we were instead putting our hopes and dreams on them and assuming that they wanted the same thing. And so what I'm trying to meditate on moving forward is actually listening, not listening in a performative way, because it's real regardless of whether it makes me comfortable. Kateri? Um, Also
3: TBD on how I'll get through it. Um, I guess the kind of the thing that's on my mind is Thanksgiving. And that's Mm -hmm. in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that actually a great portion of my family is Republican. And I know they voted for Trump. And so I'm kind of thinking through that dinner table conversation. And I know it's not really even something we can bring up because I think it'll just create a lot of, hurt and anger. But um, I'm just kind of wondering, I'll probably be thinking about it the whole time. I'll probably be thinking you voted for Trump. Like, I still want to talk about it. But I know that we can't talk
2: like, well, and how do you not take it personally, especially as a woman? I don't know. I keep thinking, you know, my, my I also have a lot of Trump supporters in my family. I keep thinking Anybody who voted for Trump clearly must have this kind of internalized idea that women just matter less, our voices matter less, and our choices. How do you not take that personally when you're sitting across from somebody you love? Like, you view—you either don't care— or you do view me as less than you.
3: I totally agree, Katie. Actually, it's interesting. Uh, the family that I mentioned that is Republican, they're all white. My mother is white. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my father is black. So to your point, when I see them, I'm g- probably going to think, I know that you think of me as less than. You know, yeah. it's like maybe they don't think of me specifically that way, but I know that they think of my race in general that way. Right. And right. that's really and a tough gender. pill to squall. And, yeah. and, and, and the gender, gender, but a
0: lot of the them gender. are women. It's mm. not like it's just men. Sorry, sorry. Right. And to your point, it's not that simple. You know, mm-hmm. like we're much more div- more divided than we thought we were.
1: Um, your coping me- mechanism, my work wife?
0: Um, interestingly, to? actually, I – so I took my kid to vote yesterday. You know, the sort of – the the denouement of yesterday was pretty brutal because I too was going back at my old Instagrams. It was like me with my kid being like, historic day and we're together. and na-na-na. And I was reading a lot about people and their daughters and was weirdly sort of so – just felt off that I had this, like, white kid. I was like, great, I have, like, a white son. You know, I was like, you're, like, the most entitled kid ever. You know, like, you get all the things. You know, like, we don't get any of the things. And then I realized I could, like, make him my vehicle of change. I don't really care how we get to the place of change. I just want us to be there. And I suddenly thought, well, you know, I could.
1: You made a, you literally made a vehicle for
0: I maybe made a vehicle for change. I mean, you're going to
1: infuse him with the thing. (laughs) But it really just it
0: really was like setting an intention for myself to just sort of be like, this is a great reminder that you are actually the person who needs to be on message even more than me.
1: Thanks, guys. It means a lot that we can just share with each other, but also the people listening, kind of our real reactions to this thing and to the people listening. I appreciate that you are sort of letting us kind of go a little bit off script here on Workwives, But thank you. Group, group hug with all of us and group hug to and all hug of your you work guys. Wife. Mm-hmm. Hug your work wife. Hug your bestie.
0: Uh, and you guys should absolutely be telling us how you're feeling. We would love to hear from you. You can uh, obviously tweet at either Annie or myself or at Katie Drell, whose Twitter is?
2: At Hella underscore Drella. <laughs>
1: Bless you, Katie Drell. I'm, yeah, well, I'm
2: from Northern California. What do you want? <laughs>
1: I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> um, and
3: Kateri? At Kateri Benjamin. K-A-T-E-R-I Benjamin. Nice. Great. Um, or you-
1: hashtag Workwives, of course. And talk to you guys soon.
0: Workwives is produced by Ben Riskin and ACAST. Our associate producer, Katiri Benjamin, keeps the ship afloat. And we have production support from the whole staff at Glamour, including Anna Maysline, Lizzie Logan, and Simone Kitchens. And we're recorded right here at Conde Nas Studio in NYC.